You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Into the two stars one cup podcast here on the hockey podcast network i'm shippy now the actual uh dallas stars dj joined by craig ludwig at taz 3311 on twitter Ta- or luds how are you doing today man i'm good get that promotion out of the way right off of with the lead in right yeah i don't, I don't really want to talk about that part which actually oh my god it's been all over the twitter and the face tube and everything you got it <laughs> everywhere well i didn't know that you congratulations were Thank you very much, uh, Luds. I really appreciate it. I didn't really know you were on. Big shoes to fill. I know. And speaking of those big shoes to fill, joining us now on the Two Stars One Cup podcast is the former DJ of the Dallas Stars, now the DJ of the Texas Rangers, Michael Gruber, the great Groobs. Groobs, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, boys. How are you? Man, can't complain. Doing well. Um, I'm up here. Groobs, did you did you did you pick up on the segue? I did. That was okay, pretty pretty impressive. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't understand <laughs> that stuff yet. Keep working will, with him. I will say though, I'm five four, so my shoes aren't that big. <laughs> well, well you know pro- what they say. Hey, <laughs> uh, we'll just leave it there. The, <laughs> the, the proverbial bed. shoes are very big to fill. Um, I guess first off, Groobs, I just want to give you kind of the opportunity to reflect on uh, your time as the you know DJ of the Dallas Stars and let everybody know out there you know, kind of what went into the decision to, you know, go to the Rangers full time and uh, what all kind of factored into that? Yeah, man. Uh, I guess to begin with just honestly, the fact that I made it seven seasons and had a choice in being able to leave uh, is honestly something that I didn't expect uh, really my, really throughout my whole first season with the team. I felt uh, overwhelmed for most of it, and uh, I'm not sure how much it really got out there, how much I told you about it, Shippy, but I actually uh, tried resigning within about the first month and a half or so because I just felt like I I just wasn't getting it. I felt, again, just overwhelmed, but thankfully, uh, you know, my bosses at the time, uh, Jason Danby and Jason Walsh, uh, were able to kind of talk me off the ledge and just say, look, you know, no matter what we're, you know, you're here for this season. If you feel, still feel the same way after this season, you know, no hard feelings, but give it a chance. We, we think that it can work. And thankfully it obviously did. I've had such a blast and, you know, as I've kind of told people, it was not an easy decision. It's something that I kind of knew would probably become an issue uh, or something that I'd have to worry about when I did take the Rangers job. But when the reality finally hit it, it took a couple of days to really process and figure out that this is what I 
probably need to do, but, you know, thankfully, uh, Kevin Harp, you know, our, I guess my former boss, your current boss and Dan Stuckel have been so gracious with, uh, you know, everything like they, they didn't have to, you know, let me continue to be part of training you or allowing me to be the one making an announcement of my departure. Like that doesn't happen in this business. And so getting this chance to kind of, I guess, transition, you know, so smoothly, I believe, you know, over to you and all that has just been really nice to see, but it definitely, you know, especially having to hold on to this news for 10 (laughs) months or so it's been, it's been a very up and down, you know, there have been days, especially uh, throughout the first part of the pandemic. And, you know, when I wasn't working where, you know, just a lot of time on my hands to think about just all the awesome memories. And it's been nice though, to have that time to process so that when I finally did get to make the announcement, it wasn't news to me, but I knew that it was going to be at least potentially, uh, you know, a big deal to a fair amount of stars fans, but the response has been overwhelming. And I'm also again, thankful that I got to include you as part of that transition. You know, people obviously know you've hosted, you know, this, uh, podcast related to the stars and the one at least another one and people know that you're a stars fan and you know seeing that picture of you at the championship parade and just all that like it's in your blood and as much as i loved working for the stars you know working for the rangers is in my blood like that's the team that i grew up with that's the team the sport that i grew up trying to play very poorly <laughs> and you know it's Didn't i feel like this, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all relative i guess but it's uh it's just been really really cool to you know get to i guess see the reaction and people are you know i think there's a little bit of sadness that I'm leaving, but I think there's more excitement that you're coming in. I think it's going to be a really natural fit. You know, you've been going to stars games from the time you were a kid, you've gotten to hear all the different styles that, you know, Jeff K and DJ EJ, Ty Wupker, DJ Wiz T myself, you know, that we've all put into it. And then knowing how Harpo wants to run things and, you having your own ideas. It's, uh, you know, you've got a lot of knowledge to draw upon and, you know, again, it's, it's hockey's just such a, such a, it's part of your heart. And I'm just really excited to, to see how you do, man. Hey, groups just on, uh, and I know you've heard this from all the people. I know you've got a, a great following and, and you deserve it, but on, on behalf of the fans, you know, I want to say thank you, and and it's, and be on behalf yes. of the players because the players feed off of what you do, and, and I think that's part of part of what you're trying, you know, translating and relaying to to Shippy here. But 
you know, you become a staple in that building. They all know where you're at. I knew where you were at when I, when you were playing shit music. I knew I knew to send you a text message. I know you did. Pan, Pantera, Metallica. On. Or, I mean, I can't drive fifty five. Or yeah, yeah that is Taylor's. This Taylor Swift junk that everybody keeps talking about. <laughs> Maybe the baseball players like that, but the guys on the bench don't. So, <clears throat> but no, all kidding aside, you did a phenomenal job. You deserve whatever you're doing, and it, and you you've earned the right to be able to pick where you want to head to. And your biggest challenge will be that guy that's sitting on the screen here to my left, over over here, to be able to get him to go in the exactly for you. It's kind of up like that, but yeah. to get the right direction. There we go. Uh, but no, his ship will do a good job too. But um, again, you were, you were amazing and I'm sure you're going to do a great job. There's a reason you got that opportunity. I, I just have one question. Uh, well, I have a couple of them for you, but, but do you, do you look at, uh, does the music change from hockey to baseball in that, in that venue versus the uh, American airlines for you? Uh, the music absolutely changes, and that's something that I've always tried to do. You know, I came into the Stars with no previous experience working games. I came over from the ticket, um, so I didn't have, like, a set playlist, I guess. You know, I didn't have staple songs other than, you know, maybe throwing in a couple Red Hot Chili Peppers because that's my favorite nice. band. But otherwise, like, you know, I kind of knew what, uh, Jason Danby was looking for. I knew the things that Jeff K did. I knew that, you know, we were looking to take things in a little different direction. Um, so I was able to kind of build my own playlist, but again, it was kind of like with Shippy. Now it was informed on, you know, how stars games are supposed to feel. And just like the season that I worked for the Mavs coming in from, uh, the late, DJ Wiz T, he already had a format that was more set, so I kind of followed what he did. And for me now with the Rangers, Chuck Morgan, who is also the PA guy and was running the soundboard and playing the music prior to me coming in, still the PA guy to be clear, um, you know, he's been with the team for 38 years. So that's 38 years of of tradition that the Rangers have. So you know, I, I feel like I'm pretty adaptable at this point of if the Rangers had wanted to just totally blow things up, I I would have been willing to. But, you know, with the Rangers, I've got such a strong tradition that I think I can bring in some, you know, different ideas. But it's mostly going to be keeping the feel of a Rangers game where when I came in with the Stars, it was kind of taking a look at everything we were doing and what can we change? What can we keep? And, you know, we threw a lot of stuff out, but then over the years we kind of realized, okay, maybe we can pull it back closer to the middle where it's not, you know, full, I guess, you know, original six style where it's a lot of Oregon and classic rock, which totally works in those cities. But, Dallas has kind of been more of a melting pot where, you know, I could play a little bit more uh, hip hop or music uh, movie scores, uh, stuff that can still feel like a hockey game with the energy, but is not expected maybe. And I think, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see what Shippy and Harpo can do now where it's truly their show. I think that when Harpo came in a couple years ago, 
you know, I was definitely trying to do everything in line with what he wanted. And, but there were still habits that I think I needed to break from my time with Danby. And so now Shippy gets to fully kind of say, okay, these are all the things that were successful with Grooves and the other previous DJs. This is what worked with Danby. But now I've got Harpo and I've got me, Shippy. And I can, you know, and Shippy can really make the show his. Like, I don't want him to be a group's cover band. Like, I want him to, you know, keep the feel of a Stars game, which, you know, Shippy knows what that's supposed to feel like. But, you know, he can bring in different music. He can do things differently than I did. And as I've kind of said already, uh, you know, on my social media, Shippy knows hockey better than I ever did or ever will he grew up with it like i grew up with baseball so like my first time working a frisco rough riders game a couple years ago within about three pitches i felt i i got it like i knew what i needed to do and you know as i told shippy there were still times even last season where uh there would be a whistle and i would think what the hell why did play stop? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not proud of that. And I, I always tried to learn and do the best I could, but there was always, I felt like a little bit of a, a ceiling maybe on how well I could really do and just how quick I could be. Um, you know, just because hockey wasn't the most natural to me, I feel like I picked up what I needed to, to pick up and obviously had a blast doing it, but, um, you know, I know that Shippy can take everything I've done and bring in his own knowledge. And I really do think he can take it to another level. You know, there's still going to be a learning curve. There's still, you know, you're still coming into a, all of a sudden working a live presentation. You know, you got multiple people in your headset and Shippy's got some experience with that, but, you know, there's going to be a learning curve, but I know that he's starting with a much higher base of knowledge and expertise and experience than I ever did. Like, so I'm I'm just really excited for for what the presentation can become. You know, it's amazing. You talk about just kind of the not having that base of knowledge, and that you mentioned you know, a month and a half or so in, you know, maybe wanting to resign because you didn't know if, you know, if you're going to be able to pick up on it. First of all, it's amazing that that was even consideration because you became a national staple across the NHL. You know, I, I saw the other day, somebody tweet, I don't think anybody in the NHL, any other DJ is as nationally known as you were because of your work. So the fact that you did all of that without even really understanding or knowing the sport is incredible you know, the other thing that you talked about is, you, you know, just some of the amazing memories that you had. And I think a lot of people, what they think about are things like the Nickelback night or like the Adele night when I was there. <laughs> and like, that was just really entertaining and really fun. What, what would be, if you could, what would you consider your top, you know, Dallas stars memory as DJ? Um, you know, if you got a couple different memories that stick out, you know, you certainly can talk about those stories and maybe some backstory on those nights, but uh, what would you consider, you know, your top moment or moments with the Dallas Stars? I think it was mostly just kind of reacting in the moment. Like, I loved being part of, you know, the Nickelback night and the Smash Mouth night. But, oh, uh, yeah. you know, kind of being able to 
I guess it's not fully improvisational, but like when uh, Roussel got into his first fight, Antoine Roussel, uh, you know, during my first season, obviously it wasn't his first fight, but the first one I got to, to work, uh, you know, I played the French national anthem and everybody went nuts, you know, and <laughs> uh, kind of also another thing, I think it was my first season. Uh, I, I can't remember which player it wasn't Fox. Uh, it might've been, but um, a player uh, was going to check Fox, uh, I think, and went over the boards and I immediately queued up R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly. I'm not sure <laughs> we can even play R. Kelly anymore, but just being kind of <laughs> improvisational and little things like that of reacting with, you know, the drops and all that. But just, you know, it's almost kind of generic, but every game had its own little quirk to it that, you know, just kind of was just so special. Like, Every single game, I felt like there was something different that happened that either I got to react to or just to witness. And, you know, I think that's going to be the cool thing for you, Shippy, is there's you're obviously there's no games to take off. You know, there's always going to be something to to get up for, to to be ready for where, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, it's just it's going to be really exciting to to see how you react to you know, each new, each relatively new situation and, you know, what fun you can have with it. Hey, now, hey this, Groobs, has a music guy ever been booed? Uh, <laughs> I believe the, the nights of uh, Nickelback in uh, Smash Mouth, yes. <laughs> okay. So, Ship, you're not going to, it's going to be not breaking ground. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> he at least won't be the first. That And those were fun nights because y'all know that I'm set up, you know, at the top of uh, Section 110, so I'm in the the middle of the crowd, every, you know, enough people know where I am that after about the second song of each of those nights where people started to realize, Oh God, he's, he's playing, you know, this artist, like this whole period, this is happening right where, now. You know, it starts off with a couple of people give me a weird look, like what's going on. And then, you know, a few more songs in everybody is just, what are you doing? And getting mad at me, you know, like, they're still kind of laughing, but it also did feel a little bit dangerous. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, it sounds like when you sum it all up, it sounds kind of like a player in a game. Like, kind of, you got to get the feel of the game. You got to get the tempo of the game, and and how to change the tone of a game. You know, and you're talking about the fans and all this kind of stuff. And uh, you know, and again, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a better fan than a hockey fan. I think they've got a little bit of a different, more our mentality in them than maybe a baseball, basketball fan. So that might be an adjustment for for you, obviously, going to the baseball crowd. But do you ever get input from players, uh, the kind of music to play? Or is it because I'm hearing, you know, and by the way, I heard you mention Stukes' name, Dan Stukel. Ship, you got a – I know Stukes. As a matter of fact, I just texted him the day before yesterday. You've got a great guy there. If he's one of your bosses. Yeah, uh, he is. There's, there's nobody better to work for than Stukes. But so do you – Groups, do you have to uh, or do you get input from players like if they you know want to hear something at a certain time of the game or warm up or anything like that? I know they make their own warm up music. I made ours, so uh, <laughs> but I mean, did, oh yeah, I sat there on a disc and I did Dude. shit in my on my kitchen. I floor didn't know that. And, 
Oh yeah. And then I'd come in and guys like Zubov would complain about it. And because I didn't know any <laughs> Russian songs or anything like that, but, uh, but anyway, I, do, do, you, do you get input from players uh, for any of your music or is it just mainly, you know, your bosses and how you react with the fans? Yeah. Uh, I never really heard much from the players. Like I didn't really have personal contact with them. Like uh, the only stuff I really got was uh when Sagan kind of started taking over the warm-up mixes where, you know, a couple of his buddies would, uh, you know, send me mixes, um, that was about it. Like, I never really got much feedback. I think my first couple years, like, I would get suggestions that maybe Jamie Ben or, you know, someone else kind of would recommend, but it was never like, only play this. And... You know, it did make things a lot easier when Seggy took over uh, the warm-up mix because I wanted to make sure that they were getting pumped up or, you know, at least liking the music that they were warming up to. Like, that's their time. But I never heard a thing about my music choices otherwise. Like, I, I heard some, you know, I guess, like, secondhand that they liked the music that was being played, you know, during the games. But it was there was no oh, I specifically like or don't like this song. So that did help where, you know, most of my feedback for the in-game stuff was either my bosses or the fans. And both of those obviously matter a lot. Like, you want to make sure that your bosses are happy, but you also want to make sure that the people actually paying to come into the arena to enjoy a game, they're obviously there for the game, but you want to make sure that they're, not just, you know, cringing every time a whistle happens. We're like, oh, God, another whatever song that I don't Taylor like. Taylor Swift song? Right. <laughs> yeah, Lodge, I got a lot of Taylor Swift ready for you. Yeah. That'll be our last show. Haters are going to hate, hate, hate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Groobs, what about uh, – I want to kind of just get your thoughts on the Rangers season. You just finished your first season, and, you know – just like with baseball, with this NHL season, there'll be a lot of stuff that COVID kind of changes. And one of the things, one of the challenges that you had was, you know, pumping in the crowd volume. And I didn't realize till I started listening to other games and other arenas, try to do what you did, how, how well you did it. A lot of places, a lot of games I listened to, it sounded like they were in the ocean or, you know, things like that. What was that challenge like? And, and, you know, was it that, was it something that was really that inconvenient for you to, have to do for each Rangers game or did you just kind of get used to it? What was that experience like? Uh, I got used to it, but I still kind of hated it. <laughs> like, uh, obviously, you know, I, we, the job that we have is building an atmosphere for fans. And so going from, you know, a hockey arena packed with fans, you know, my last game back in March with the stars, like, uh, you know, going from that to the next time I work a, a game of any kind is the Rangers with no fans. Like I kind of told people it's like starting my rookie season off on, you know, like the boss level of video game. Like it's, <laughs> it can only be downhill from there, but try, trying to create an atmosphere uh, where there is no atmosphere is just, I hated it, <laughs> you know, like yeah. we, we did it because we had to, but, um, you know, as the season did go along, I did kind of figure out like less is more like reacting to every single thing. It's too much. Like, uh, 
and you know we didn't have we weren't allowed to use like booing or anything like that so it was all positive which was fine you know like you don't want to put an employee in the position of booing another team or an umpire or anything like that but by the end of the season i was mostly just playing you know cheers on a hit or a run home run but otherwise like or you know if a one of our pitchers got a strikeout but otherwise like you know i didn't really play stuff on like every strike call or you know anything like that and that is something that you can tell like especially the the nfl games you know and a lot of it's just going through the tv so it's a little different but feeling like you have to react on every single play and of course football is a different sport where it's a obviously a bit more intense but you know getting to hear how uh you know the the guys in the bubble did uh you know the hockey playoff crowd noise they did it perfectly i thought you know they they had reactions and they had probably even more reactions than i might have had and i thought i had quite a few but it's uh it's something i hope we never have to deal with again and you know i i hope obviously too that it's safe for all the fans that do come into the building but um yeah i i hope that i never have to play crowd noise again and you know i thankfully with baseball it's a little bit slower paced like i'm really glad that you know like i think the mavericks uh you know they don't have any fans so they've had someone running the crowd noise, but not their DJ, not Ivy. Um, cause that, that would be the same with me as well. Good. Yeah. I thought so, but, um, you know, cause that would be impossible. There's just too much back and forth. Like you have to pay attention to like every second on the ice. You can't, you can take maybe a glance to, you know, look at your, uh, music screen, but otherwise like you've got to be, paying attention to what's going on in the ice and there's just no way to do the music and the crowd noise for any sport, but baseball, probably. Yeah. So it should be, you can't get up there and be getting phone numbers from all the hot looking girls <laughs> that are walking around. Just, and when the, when the ice girls gonna, go walking by. <laughs> I think I'm going to have a business card like set up and just like say like, please take one or something like that. And, you know, <laughs> just spend on uh, you know, there'll be limited access to those cards though. Just write it on the back of the Miller Light can that you'll be drinking up there. Hey, Bruce, uh, <laughs> yes, you know sir. what? I, you mentioned you mentioned the booing, and, and it's one of the things I've always wondered about. And and again, in the bubble, it 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 was you know a shitty situation for everybody, fans, players, the whole nine yards. In the playoffs, I, I always felt like you know you when you go through a regular season, you want to finish as high as you can to be able to have home ice advantage. I mean, that's the big part of the whole thing. And I thought like when they were in Edmonton or Toronto, I, I felt and, and again. You know, the home team, if you're in regular circumstances, are home teams games one and two, and then the other team is three and four. I would think in those games, you could throw a little booing in. When, when there was a – because you have home mics. That that game, you know, like for the Stars in the finals, mm-hmm. you know, okay, so their games three and four, they should be at home. I would think that you could you could mix in a little – to make it more like you have an advantage, more game-like, because it was the one thing – the first thing – and to be honest, <laughs> I thought the whole NHL and every game that I watched, it was incredible. Like you didn't know that there weren't fans there. I mean, until yeah. they panned and, and saw. I mean, you didn't. You didn't know. I thought it was unbelievable job that they did. But I missed the booing. I missed the booing 
I miss the big hits when you would may if they would let them allow to pipe that kind of stuff in after yeah, the a penalty and stuff like yeah that. yeah and those are the only things that I miss. But again, it, it was fantastic the way they did it. I think after you got a couple games into watching those games, if you watched all of it, you didn't even know that there weren't people there. I mean, I don't know how the players handled that, and I never knew did the players was it as loud to the players as it was to us on TV. You know, are you in the building? Like when we hear it on TV, it sounds like it's a live game. Are they hearing the same volume? I would think to an extent, like I know working the Rangers games, it was actually the crowd noise was probably louder than what you would hear on the broadcast. You know, like the TV trucks, right? The audio guys are able to kind of mix it how they want. Um, And with the Rangers park, they're set up where, you know, if you're standing in the middle of the field on second base, you can still hear everything. Uh, with hockey arenas, I've noticed, like, especially at the AAC, you know, that's the main one that I've been to. You can't really hear very well on the ice. Like, you can hear on the bench, but obviously the closer you get to center ice, the more it's pretty much just white noise anyway. Um, I'm not sure how the Toronto and Edmonton uh arenas are set up so they probably heard it to an extent but unless they were just blasting the crowd noise uh they might not have they probably didn't hear it very well yeah and and it's funny because the best thing i think that it did probably for for the league and and the, the volume that you hear coming through your tv is you don't really hear what's going on on the ice because it's not rated pg on the ice you know and so if you if you kind of let that come across the air you know you probably have to be watching the games on showtime or something like that i mean if because of what you hear in the normal game so uh and did you get uh do you get any uh the production crew like i know you mentioned walshie but like Leary and those guys in the truck, are they giving you any kind of input or anything? The only reason I bring that up is because I'm going out to have a beer with Leary at 730 tonight. So I'm going to see nice. if I can give him a about anything. So, uh, but do they have any input on any of that? Or is it just how you go with you and you alone? Uh, the nice thing is my time with the stars. And, you know, I think there's obviously some bleed over because also working for Fox Sports Southwest, you know, on the audio side of things, you know, I'm a little more privy to that kind of stuff. Just, you know, I, the games that I'm not working at the arena, I'm probably working at Fox. Uh, I would occasionally get some feedback that, you know, during the pregame shows, like the music might be too loud. But yeah. honestly, my argument has always been that they're y'all are kind of set up right in front of a speaker cluster. Exactly. If you don't want it to be loud, then don't Move. set up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. So, yeah. You know, and they understood that, um, you know, where otherwise, like, I never heard anything. And that also is partly the way the stars have kind of been set up, at least in my time there. Uh, First with Danby and I believe with Harpo as well, where for the most part, any feedback is going to be funneled through them. Like, you know, someone from sales or someone in the Fox Southwest truck or whatever, generally aren't emailing me directly. Like if Danby or Harpo now uh, thought it was worth bringing up, obviously they would let me know, but otherwise they generally were able to kind of handle it themselves. And I never heard about it, which is pretty awesome. I lost lost those wars too, Dooms, because (laughs) I felt like with the shots with the, where you're doing the intermission and pregame shows, you know, you're looking at the rink, right. And you're looking at the, the clock and you don't see anything out there. And the, 
the Platinum Club and the bar and everything's right behind us, which is really convenient when you get off the air. I mean, you're right there. You turn around, you're there. And most of the time, you got people just lining them up and you got to push them to the side on the set because they're on the desk. But I always thought it'd be great to be able to see all the people walking around in the background and kind of with the guys that are at home watching it on TV going, Jesus, we need to be there. You know, like, let's go there. Let's get some kind of ticket and let's get us up there. But there were reasons why they didn't want that to happen. I know that Chicago, I watched the Blackhawks in intermission, stuff like that. They got the crowd behind them, and it seems like a real uh, crazy atmosphere, though. So there, there's a lot of things here that, that what you're telling us are things that we never know about, you know, all the behind-the-scenes kind of thing, what goes into this thing. So, man, like I said earlier, just keep holding Shippy's hands. <laughs> you, you know I will. Yeah, like, all like right. Like Del- Delma and Louise, just yeah. going up <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>